And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Terms and restrictions apply. Hello and welcome back to Power Hour, a weekly show hosted by me, Nicole Auerbach. And I am thrilled to introduce the first college basketball edition. We'll be here through the Final Four once a week. And I am joined today by the athletic staff writer, CJ Moore. CJ, thank you so much for joining me. Nicole, thanks for having me. I'm, I'm honored. First one. I'm excited. We get to talk hoops. This is mostly a college football feed. And as everyone knows, you know, you can subscribe, rate, and review us on the Andy Staples Show and Friends feed. Andy and Ari are always up to something this offseason, so be sure to stay tuned. I'll be back earlier in the week each week with Chris Vanini for some football talk. But again, special March Madness edition of Power Hour, and I am extremely excited to dive into everything you need to know to catch up on the season so far and set you up for the first weekend in March. On today's episode of Power Hour, we'll break down everything you need to know in college hoops in an hour or less. So CJ, let's dive in. We, we always start the show with a power five. So it's five topics. I'm going to set you up and you're going to give me your thoughts on each. So there's been lots of news. There's been notes. There's been developments. Championships won already across the season. And I want to start with Alabama clinching the SEC championship and the way that they did it, a 17-point comeback with 10.49 to go in the game. They beat Auburn, the basketball edition of the Iron Bowl in overtime to clinch that SEC regular season championship. This is a team that's probably going to be a number one seed. They are going to be a title contender. There has been so much to discuss about Brandon Miller off the field but or off the court, but he has been playing through it. And Alabama is going to be one of those best teams that we're going to be talking about here in the month. Although everything that happened with the murder investigation will also still be part of that story. What did you make of Alabama actually going through clinching that sec title well first of all you know i love college basketball and the thing i hate about this season is that a lot of march discussion and and what will dominate the headlines is it's what's gone on off the floor um in, in in terms of the game and you know alabama obviously being the biggest story right now so um that Part of me is kind of like, like I, you know, it's not, it's not fun that like this is one of the teams we have to talk about. But um, from a, from simply on the floor, um, I did have that great game. It was it was my son's sixteenth birthday last night. So uh, in the Morehouse, wow, we're usually one. we're usually locked in on the hoops. Um, we got back from dinner and 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 flipped that game on. So I was casually kind of paying attention, and then I actually with a few minutes left flipped over to Texas TCU um, because, you know, in the, uh, in the Morehouse, we were more interested in the big 12 than the, uh, than the sec. And I, and, and I kind of thought Auburn was going to, you know, just hold on. Um, but, but obviously uh, Auburn came back. Um, I think everyone should go and, and watch uh, Bruce Pearl's uh, post game interview. Cause that was an interesting radio interview. He was <laughs> yeah, apparently that was awesome. some, some officiating that, that that didn't go his the way he would like to to see it gone, um, but Alabama, you know, they're they're one of those teams that um, I think can get really hot in a hurry. Um, you have this comeback, you have the comeback against Houston earlier this season, um, where you know Houston like had that game one. Um, I can't remember. I know they were up by double digits at, at one point, so. Um, Alabama, as many threes as they shoot and um, the way they can spread you out. And, uh, you know, they're, 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 they're obviously tough to cover and, and can score a lot of points in a hurry. Yeah, they are. And, um, you know, it's it's one of the weirdest results of the whole season will probably be Alabama's loss 
to Oklahoma in the Big 12 oh, SEC geez. challenge. That yeah. I, like it was it was a head scratcher as it was unfolding and it, it probably will be when all is said and done. Um CJ, but before we get into a little more hoops, I need to know what was what was on what was the schedule? What was the 16th birthday festivities? <laughs> Uh, we, for the last two years, we've gone to sticks and, um, done some hibachi grill for his birthday. Ooh, although, love this. although I think, uh, he might be over the hibachi grill. Um, I, th- I think he digged it more last year than, than this year. So, um, had, had, a, but we were not supposed to tell the, anybody that it was his birthday. He did not want what? any kind of celebration at the hibachi grill. He just wanted to eat his rice and see the flames and that that was it so um did the hibachi grill with with the with the grandparents and then came back up with some presents um while we watched basketball he was fine with that so not all of the attention was on him (laughs) Uh, and then we had some cake so it it was a good good night very teenage boy behavior um i do think the hibachi grill piece will come back in life i did and I'll admit it. I spent my 31st birthday at a hibachi restaurant. <laughs> I made seven of my friends go and put on the hats and and do everything. So oh, they didn't have hats. That's disappointing. Oh, we we got hats. It was it was great. Um, they yeah. flung the zucchini in everybody's mouth. It was a whole thing. So that'll come back around in life. Um, there are more hoops developments. Um, I want to get to you know you cover Kansas as well as anybody in the country. Uh, so let's go there next. Bill Self secures his 17th regular season title in 20 seasons you wrote this i agree with it or at least you're 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 broaching the subject and i agree with it that what bill self has done everywhere he's coached but certainly at kansas during the stretch where the big 12 has been most years the best league in college basketball during the nil era and the transfer portal all of these other challenges that make it harder than ever to coach that Bill Self may be the best regular season coach in college basketball history. Give me the case. Well, um, first of all, the man has coached in a basketball league for 26 seasons. Okay. He's won the regular season title in that, in the, in that 26 years, 21 times. And he didn't win it the first year at Tulsa. So he's won 21 out of 25. Like that's just un like you you can't if if you had said any other coach in the college basketball right now over the next twenty five years is going to win twenty one conference titles people would laugh at you like that's 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 insane unless it was Gonzaga and they stay in the WCC um you know that, that's that's basically like the only one that that you you could imagine happen but at the high high major level for that to happen. Like it's, it's, it's just insane. So his consistency, um, the fact that the lowest he's ever finished in the league is third in the big 12 in 2019. And that was, that was one time, one time he finished third in his conference. How, da- how the, dare he, how dare he, <laughs> the, the lowest CDs. And, and then the next year was the COVID year, which they were the best team in college basketball and favored to win the national championship. Um, so he, he bounced back from his terrible third place finish to have the best team in college basketball in the next season. Um, lowest he's ever had lowest seed he's ever had since he reached the power high, high major level when he got the Illinois job. So since then, since I think, let's see, he got Illinois 2000, 2001 was his first season at Illinois. The lowest seed he's had in the NCAA tournament is a four. Um, you know, we, we look at, what North Carolina came into the season, number one in the country returned four starters. You know, everybody thought like they're just going to run back what they had second half of last year. They might not even make the tournament. Coach K's had down years, John Calipari, Kentucky's had down years. Everybody has down years except for, for Bill self. Like that, that's the argument is just his consistency. And there have been, you know, Adolph Rupp, um, John Wooden, um, you know, there have been coaches in the past that have had unbelievable consistency, but even those guys at, at that time, they didn't win their league as consistently as self has, has won his league. And I would argue it's harder to, to win 
at a consistent level in today's college basketball with as many teams as there are and as much money as there is invested at, at a bunch of different schools. Um, so that, that, that's, that's my argument. It's, it's the, the, the numbers are just stupid. Yeah. I, I think it's incredibly compelling, especially when you consider where this league has ranked um, in relative conference strength. And you can look at Ken Palm numbers for that. And also again, just everything that has changed in the sport over this period of time to adapt to develop, to get great players, but then also when you miss on them to make great players. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just been it, remarkable. And I, I do want to, a little bit later in the show, want to talk about you know some of the title contenders and, and a feeling around Kansas that may, might approach inevitability, but we'll get to that in a second. Um, number three, third topic I want to hit on real quick is Marquette won its first outright Big East title in Shaka Smart's second year. This is also Shaka's first regular Mm -hmm. season championship, which is pretty stunning considering his career, but also that VCU team did not win the CAA that year, and they got in as an at-large. So, CJ, you you cover the Big 12 incredibly closely. You watched Shaka at Texas and Mm -hmm. saw what did or didn't work. Marquette seems to be a great fit for him. What, what he wants to do, what they want, the fact that it is a basketball school, like how did this happen and how did it happen so quickly that they were able to win the outright big East title in a year where the big East is very good. Well, first of all, if, if you're first just now tuning into the college basketball season, uh, watch Marquette, like best team in the country, my favorite team in the country to watch. I freaking love Marquette. Um, I wrote about them earlier this year. Um, and about their offense. And, and I think when you look at Shaka and the way he's what's okay. So what, you know, what's different from Texas Shaka to Marquette Shaka. And it is, he has evolved his offense and he was starting to do a little bit of, of, of what they do now at Texas, but not quite at this level. And he's got a special, special point guard in Tyler Colick that he, um, like I, I, I love that dude. I think he should be an all American this season. Um, he is one of the best passers and he, he probably, he is the best par- passer in college basketball. Um, they run a system that is, you know, different in that they, they really play along the sidelines and they make your, um, they stretch your help as much as you can. You know, they, they use every inch of the floor. Their spacing is great. Um, and it's it's a it's a type of offense the way they do a lot of go screen like fake go screen fake screen um, a lot of stuff along the sidelines like you don't see it very often and they've got a a big guy in Oso Udara who is got perimeter skills they call him Point Oso um, so he he has a really good roster to run his offense and what's what's interesting about this team is like they were picked ninth in the Big East because. Basically, it's the guys that returned from last year and his best players from last year were gone. But um, And he didn't hit the transfer portal. Um, Matt Norlander's written about this uh, at, at CBS. Like, Shocker was looking in the portal. And once the um, the Nigel Pack deal went down, he was like, nah, I, I don't want any of that. And he, he, he just kind of, you know, kind of like Bill Self in building the guys he has um, building through the guys he has and, and developing those guys. Marquette's done an excellent job de- developing the young guys they have. They're still really young. Like they could run this whole thing back next year. And um, it's, it's, it's a fun, fun team to watch. Uh, happy for Shaka because uh, he's, he's one of the good guys in the sport. One of the, one of the fun interviews too. And um, you know, I, I, I just think he's, he's evolved a little bit in his offense um, he's always had really good defensive teams. I think he had a little bit of bad tournament luck at, at, at Texas. Like that that last Texas team he had, I picked them to go to the Final Four. I thought they were they they won the Big Twelve tournament. I thought they were Final Four good, and they just hit it. You know, they they met up with an Abilene Christian team that was um, just a terrible matchup and kind of mucked the game up. And you know, won one of those crazy NCAA tournament games. But it's it's crazy how like that singular moment change the next couple of years in college basketball because if 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 Shaka does like that team was really talented if they do end up going to the final four he's probably still at Texas Chris Beard's probably still at Texas Tech like it's it's you know kind of crazy how those dominoes fell but um he's he's done a masterful job I, I think when you look at 
um, national coach of the year race. Like it's between him, Bill Self and Jerome Tang in my eyes, like those, those three guys have kind of separated themselves from the pack and uh, Shaka's done an awesome job. Uh, number four, want to quickly preview. We're getting some of the conference tournaments uh, getting underway. There's women's tournaments, which uh, we had a bunch of ejections already in the SEC women's basketball tournament. Um, but there's also some men's tournaments and some of the smaller leagues will get going here in the next couple of days. Um, as we're recording this, we're just hours away from the WCC getting started. Um, I've got a piece on The Athletic up on Friday about how that league developed depth beyond Gonzaga and you're going to see it. You're going to see it with St. Mary's. You're going to see it with LMU. Um, there are other programs in, in, in that league that are worth watching. That should be a fun tournament because Gonzaga is not just head and shoulders above everyone else in that mm -hmm. conference. So CJ, as we get started here with some of these, um, you know, what people would call mid majors and basically just in advance of the power five tournaments, because we'll talk about them next week on this pod. Uh, what are you watching? Which teams do you like out of those types of leagues? Which, tournaments might be a little bit more up for grabs i mean I, I think a lot of people really like saint mary's so maybe is that one of the teams that you'll be watching here down the stretch yeah saint mary's is really good they can they can really guard um i'm, I'm working on a story right now on um uh florida atlantic and uh that is a team that even if it doesn't win its conference tournament will probably get in that large bid um that league is really really good at the top um, FAU's got a fun offense, really good team. North Texas, Grant McCaslin is one of the best young coaches in college basketball and has that team, um, you know, in second in that league. And, and it wouldn't be shocking to see them win the conference tournament. UAB is super talented. Um, you know, Andy Kennedy always has dudes. Um, so that that's a conference tournament that I think will be fascinating because, you know, one of those three teams, if – um, could all probably win a game in the NCAA tournament, maybe win two games in the NCAA tournament. Like um, that's one of the better lower or mid-major leagues. Um, you know, the West Coast Conference, like you said, is 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 it's not just Gonzaga this year. Uh, Santa Clara is pretty good. Lola Marymount um, has beat Gonzaga. BYU is actually a little down, but um, you know BYU on on any given night could could probably um, win a game. So. Um, you know, I'll, I'll probably be watching those. Uh, the whack, um, is, is been pretty good the last couple of years. Um, Sam Houston state beat that Oklahoma team that beat Alabama earlier this year. So obviously Sam Houston state could, could knock off Nova or not, not knock off. No, sorry, Alabama. Right. So, <laughs> um, that, that, that league is pretty good. Utah Valley, um, is a, is a good team. And, um, that, that's another league I'd, I'll, I'll probably have my eyes on. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Terms or restrictions apply. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Okay, so last, uh, number five for the Power Five, I want to do a little bubble talk. Again, we're going to get into Kansas and some of the title contenders in just a second. But you mentioned in passing earlier North Carolina, that they may not make the tournament. This is a team that we saw catch lightning in a bottle, get real good at the end of the year, but they were really inconsistent last year. They could blow somebody out. They could get blown out. They were kind of in this position where we're talking about like they're right squarely on the bubble. And there's a number of other teams that are this year. Um, CJ, like who do you feel best about on the bubble? Who do you think has a chance here over the end of the regular season into conference tournaments to solidify themselves? Are like, are there any bubble teams you trust? Uh, probably not. Cause like, there's a reason they're on the bubble, right? True. Yeah. And, and I, I will go on my, like, I'm, I'm, um, 
I'm different in most people that cover the sport at the, and that I don't look at bracketology at all. Like I'm, I'm, I'm against looking at it because it'd, it'd be like peeking at my Christmas presents before I, uh, before I got them on Christmas. So you morning. don't even, you don't even like look at like a, a single bracketology bracket in advance. Like you just wait for selection Sunday. Pretty much. Yeah. I, I, every once in a while when I'm on the radio, I'll like, pull one up just because i know that's stupid questions not to say your question stupid. this was a great question <laughs> this is a great question this was not a stupid one but, but but yeah i mean a lot of people do care i mean this is what uh, probably a lot of the casual fans are tuning into right they're opening those bracketology and yeah. they're looking at the bubble like the, 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 you know okay so I'll, I'll i'll give you a team that if they somehow sneak in the tournament um could be dangerous uh nova Villanova, if if somehow Nova can like sneak into the bracket, um, I think that team is is one that nobody will will want to play and is is playing better. You know, lately they've won now six out of their last seven um, to even put themselves in the in the conversation. I don't know where they sit on the first four in or first four out or whatever, but um, Justin Moore's back. Um, they they got some they got some dudes. Um, and that system is always really, really hard to play about against, even if, you know, Jay Wright isn't there anymore. I, I still think Nova is a, is a team that could be dangerous. Um, Creighton is a team that, you know, you look at their record, they probably should be in the bubble. I, I or that you would think they'd be on the bubble with their record, but I think they're comfortably in, I would say. I haven't, I haven't looked, but I'm, I'm sure they're comfortably in, but they're, they'll probably be seated a little lower than, um, you know, where you expected in the preseason. And that's a team that's been struggling lately, but I, I still like that roster and, and think when that like their a game is about as good as anybody's a game or, cl- or close to it. So um, that'd be a team that's maybe a little bit lower C that, that you, you know, I could see going on a run. And then TCU is not on the bubble, um, but also will probably get a lower seed than when you look at its talent. And that's because, you know, it's had a lot of injuries. Mike miles has been out. Um, Eddie Lampkin has been out. Um, that's the team I wouldn't be surprised to see win the Big 12 tournament. Um, they're, they're in my eyes, they're kind of like that shot that the last Texas Shaka or the last Shaka Texas team. Who, like I said, I was trying to talk myself into all year. They win that conference tournament, so I put them in the final four. Um, I, I will be tempted to do the same with TCU, although they are a terrible three point shooting team, and there's been some some studies that have come out, uh, or somebody's done some research that says like teams that rank this low and three point percentage, like never win a game in the NCAA tournament or something like that. But TCU is so good in transition. And, and that's the team that from, from one end to the other gets, gets up the court as fast as anybody in the country. And Mike miles is a bad, bad dude. Um, that's a team that I, I could see going on a run that maybe isn't, you know, a top four seed. I'll throw Creighton in that mix as well. I mean, they're not in the bubble. They're, you know, projected to be like about a seven seed right now. But I, yeah. I feel like that's a team when healthy, when playing at their best, that they can be. I said Creighton. Mix. I said Creighton. Oh, you did? Sorry. I, <laughs> I zoned out for a second. Oh, you were talking about TCU. I forgot. Okay. Um, despite me being rude there, I am going to ask you about the potential number one seeds. And like there is some separation. There feels like there is some separation with the teams around the top okay so we're we still have over a week to go a lot of interesting and important results still to come but as you look at the number one seed line you know we're talking about kansas we're talking about houston alabama purdue in some order so i want to talk a little bit about this kansas team we talked about what bill self has done over the course of his career but how did he do it with this roster why is this particular team a worthy potentially of a number one overall seed, but a team that as we see the ups and downs and Purdue came back down to earth and all these mm-hmm. different pieces it might feel inevitable. It might feel like it's one of those years where maybe it's Kansas again. Yeah. I mean, I I'll tell you this, like when, when the bracket does come out, when I do to get it open, my, my Christmas present, um, <laughs> I, I have no idea who I'm picking. Like usually at this point in the year, I have a a, a team that's like, okay, I'm going to go with these guys. Like no matter what, how the bracket shapes out, like I'm probably going to pick them. Um, I I don't know who that team is this year. I I haven't decided on that. 
Um, I don't think most people have probably decided on that, right? But but Kansas is one of those teams. I mean, best best resume in college basketball. Um, you know the 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 number of quad one wins. I, I, I like how much you hate. I did not know how much you yeah, hated yeah. bracketology until well, today. Well, this is great. Here's 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 my bubble rant. Like if you're on the bubble, there's a reason you're on the bubble. It's because you're not that great. So like the the argument over, oh my gosh, I can't believe so and so didn't get in. Like whatever. Um, I'm with you on that. Every time people are like, these are snubs. Are you really a snub if you like last year? AM, if you lost eight of nine games yeah, in a row, win, like what are, what are we doing? Yeah, win, win the game. Games. Like everyone is flawed on the bubble. So like there's lots of lots of things you can point to and be like, if we had done this one thing differently, we wouldn't be here. Like they're all flawed. So I'm with exactly. you on that. But it is funny that you're telling me that Kansas has the best resume, but you don't look at resumes. I enjoy that. Well, I, yeah, I, I just, I mean, everybody else talks about it so much. And, and, and I do I do know how many high-level wins they have because the Big 12. I do look at Kimpom a lot, and I'll tell you, you know, Big 12 is by far the best league. And, you know, just by winning that league by possibly two games um, tells you tells you they got the best resume. But um, here, here's what makes Kansas really good um, this, this particular year. Defensively, and they weren't a good defensive team they were just an okay defense probably first half of the year. Um, but Bill Self has, has tinkered and, and figured out some stuff. Um, they're switchable across all five positions, which very few teams in college basketball can say that. Um, K.J. Adams, um, he's he's their own little Draymond Green. Um, that that comparison maybe is going a little too far uh, for, for what he can do offensively, but, but still like a really – Swiss Army knife type player, really fun. Um, if you haven't read my KJ Adams story, go check that out because um, yep. he's one of the best stories in college basketball. Uh, and, and also, real quick, uh, make sure that you have some tissues nearby. Um, my <laughs> colleague over at SiriusXM brings that up every single time. She brings up your article, which is all the time, and she is like talks about how she's like sobbing in the back of an Uber and like maybe got a lower score because of it. So definitely, <laughs> it's an incredible story. Go read it continue shout out, shout out chris um yeah kevin mcculler dewan harris two of the best defenders in the country and kansas can basically take your best two guards and just take them out of the game like that's what they did against tcu um a week or so ago against you know i just talked about mike miles is a bad dude dewan harris took him out of the game um, Kevin McCuller is, is a terrific defender. Um, he's like a free safety in, in football that like covers the whole field. Um, so really good defensive team. Jalen Wilson's one of the, you know, an all American level player. He's going to get his Grady Dick's one of the best shooters in the country. And then Awan Harris is, is one of the best passers. One of the, you know, one of the best, like has the best feel, um, in college basketball. They have their their warts. Um, there are days where they cannot like the other day against uh, Texas Tech. They couldn't hit a shot outside of five feet, and they might have one of those games in the tournament where like they just can't make anything when Grady's not shooting well. Um, you know they they can struggle to hit outside shots. Jalen goes through uh, you know games where he just can't score from outside ten feet, but they seem to figure out a way to win games ugly, even when they, they don't have it going on offense. And when they do have it going on offense, it's, it's, it's pretty fun to watch and that, and they can really get up and down. And Ernest Uday, the emergence of him um, late in the year as a weapon off the bench, um, you know, rim, gives him rim protection, gives him a vertical lob threat um, on offense. He has really come on and you know, he's a guy that, that, that is talented enough that he could go win them a game in the NCAA tournament by you know, taking away another team's big guy or um, just killing people in the pick and roll. So uh, they're not very deep. Like you can trust those six guys. The rest of their bench isn't very good. You know, Joseph Yespoo, Bobby Pettiford, those guys get minutes, but they don't do a whole ton. Um, but I, I, I do think in the tournament where you have so many breaks, right? Like the TV timeouts are take forever. Um, I don't, I, I think depth is a little bit overrated. Um, I don't think you necessarily need it as long as you can avoid injuries. So um, yeah, Kansas has another team that's, that's good enough to, to get to a final four, good enough to win a national championship. I don't think they're quite as good as last year's team, but, but they're pretty darn good. 
Okay, so let's look at some of those other teams that are up in the top. And one of the storylines of this season has been the revolving door at number one in the AP poll. And the, the teams have gotten there, and then they've immediately lost. Um, for a long time, you know, people felt that Purdue was the most consistent team in the country. They have been beat by a number of different Big Ten teams, some of the games that they shouldn't have lost. Um, others, they got beat in recently. Zach Eady still probably going to be the national player of the year. Mm-hmm. Do we trust Purdue? Do we trust Houston? Do we trust Alabama? Like these are teams that people have been talking about all season long as the type of team that could get there. But all of them have, as you said, warts. All of these top mm-hmm. teams this year have warts. And it's the NCAA tournament, and you you can have one bad game and you're you're out. Like the best team doesn't always win it. So, like we could have a Final Four where none of those teams make it, and it wouldn't be shocking. Um, I think Houston's the one that I trust the most because um, Kelvin Sampson's shown like he's a really good coach in the tournament. Um, and they have a defense that is, is so dominant and so like physically imposing that they can have an off shooting night and still win with their defense. And by the way, plug, I've got a Houston defense story coming out. Um, I think right before the NCAA tournament, it's written, but you know, they're waiting to put it out right before the NCAA tournament. Um, this will be the third straight year Houston finishes in the top 10 in adjusted defense, um, at Kim Palm, which is, is Tennessee is also about to do that. But like that, I think I, I have the stat, my story, like 11 teams have done that in the, you know, since Kim Palm started tracking these things in 2002, three straight years in the top 10. So Houston's a really, really good defensive team. And last year, like their defense was terrific, but offensively they were limited, um, and that was in, in part because Marcus Sasser was out and he, he's back. And, um, you know, th- they have a team that that is I think they're the only team that's yeah, they're the only team that's top 10 in both offensive efficiency, adjusted offensive efficiency and adjusted defensive efficiency. So um, that's probably the team I, I trust the most. You, I don't think you said UCLA, but I'd throw UCLA in that mix, um, you know, a, a team that's got some experience but also has some young guys that can really fly um i i i probably trust houston ucla about as much as anybody um purdue the problem with purdue um is it's zach Eady is amazing but teams have just loaded up on him and they double team him they throw so many bodies at him and purdue's got to make shots and purdue's making shots like really hard to play um, but there's been game, you know, lately, like those those young guards, they've got they tar- they start two freshman guards, which is going to scare everybody, uh, and Braden Smith and, and Fletcher Lawyer, um, and they just haven't shot it very well lately. So um, Here, here's a, I, I a think question that's a problem. on and them too. I mean, how much do you? And again, you're gonna on Christmas morning for you, you're gonna open the bracket, look at it, figure these things out. But how much do you weigh like a coach's history? Mm-hmm. So if a coach has had good teams and falls short or overachieves in the tournament. We know it's like, it ma- it's about matchups, but how much does it matter? Like when you look at Purdue this year? Well, I mean, yes, Matt Painter hasn't made a final four, but let's see the last few years, they made the sweet 16 last year. Um, and then in 2019, they made the elite eight and that's the year they lost. That was the that. Virginia, that right? great like, game. Yeah. They, yeah, they like, were this close. Yeah. It was a freak deal that they didn't make the final four. Like it was, it was crazy. So um I so I, I look at Matt Painter as a guy who's won in March, even though he hasn't gotten to a final four. I trust Matt Painter as I think Matt Painter is one of the best coaches in college basketball. So um I don't think the problem with Purdue at all is the, the coaching. It's they've got some young guards and they don't always make shots. Um, but if they're making is- if they're making shots, like the the fact that the Big Ten knows them so well. Sometimes it's a nice reset when you get to the tournament and not everybody scouted you so thoroughly um, that, you know, and, and the Big Ten has played those gu- so much physicality against those guards and, and kind of worn them down. But it might be a nice reset for Purdue to get to the NCAA tournament. But here, here's my argument against looking at a coach's um, what, what he's done in the tournament, right? Like, so a few years ago um, – People were, were questioning Jay Wright, like, 
golly, he, he has these high seeds and he keeps losing in the second round. And he's, he, he did make that one final four run, but you know, look at what he's done lately. And then he went and won two titles in, in three years. So I, I, I think I just look at coach like, are they a really good coach? Then they probably got a good shot at, at, at going deep and you, you, you hit it. It's, it's matchups and it's how good your team is and trying to just avoid that, that bad game. It's, I, I want to make that point too, because the Jay Wright one was so ridiculous. It would be that they could never get out of the first weekend. And it, mm-hmm. it you know, and it, because they were a one seed, if they lost to an eight, you know, it was a big deal or whatever that might be. The comment about a coach and Sean Miller's had this and a bunch of coaches have, right? The best coach to not reach a final four. It's the world's like worst backhanded compliment because it means that you're a very good coach and you're very successful. Absolutely. But it's like this one thing where you need the stars to align. And I'm totally with you on some of these big 10 teams, um, especially Purdue. I mean, I remember thinking this about Jaden Ivey last year was just that like getting out of the big 10 style of play would help. So we'll see. Purdue's going to be trying to break the big 10's title streak. They have not won a national championship since 2000. So that is something to monitor Um, CJ, any other like, potential final four type teams or like teams that if you're just tuning into college basketball now that you want to be watching so that you can say like, these are your teams. These are who you're riding with. Um, Yeah. I, I think, you know, everybody's made so much a big deal about how good the big 12 is. And, and um, you know, obviously I'm, I'm somebody who covers that league as, as, as much as anybody and, and, and lives in Kansas city. So I see a ton of big 12 basketball. Um, but I'll tell you, I'll tell you this, like the top of the big East to me this year is about as fun to watch as any league I can remember in the you know, last, last few years. Like I already, already gave my endorsement for Marquette and, and watched them and immediately go watch them. I, so, so, so much fun. Um, Xavier is, you mentioned Sean Miller. He's got himself a team that, um, I'm, I'm trying to remember Zach Fremantle is going to be back by the tournament i think right is that is that the way you've you you remember hearing it i'm pretty I'll, sure i'll uh, keep talking and i'll check <laughs> while you're okay um if they get i'm they're getting him back i'm pretty sure by the tournament um that's a team that could go to a final four like the really really good um connecticut in the non-conference was ranked number one in the country and and you know has has started to look more like that team lately now one um seven out of eight that's a team that could get to a final four um, Marquette could get to a five, four, obviously Providence is, I don't think it, it quite at those other, those three level in terms of what it can do consistently, but like Providence is a team that you don't want to play just cause I think, you know, one of those good coaches and Ed Cooley that, that can kind of figure it out, um, in a, in a short time span and, um, you know, the, the, the short turnaround and, um, yeah, you know, that's that's a team that's also dangerous. So, and then then when we already mentioned Creighton, so those those Big East teams, I'll probably be picking them. You know, maybe a round or two further than than I probably should. We'll we'll see. But uh, th- those are teams that are pretty good. I I think you know we we hit on Bama earlier, and the SEC, while while Bama has won that league, to, you know, easily not easily. Texas A&M you know could could win this weekend and end up losing just by one game, but. Um, that's a league that I, I just, and I don't know if I trust any of their teams. Um, and, and the ACC obviously, you know, made a big deal this year about like their seventh at Ken Palm. Like they're not even in the top six in, in terms of, uh, you know, the, the rankings of the league. Um, you know, not sure I trust anybody in that league. Um, but you know, we could go up and down college basketball and, and kind of say, Oh, I'm not sure I trust that team. I'm not sure I trust that team, but, uh, watch out for the top of the big East. I, I, I think it, you know, one, I think they've got probably three teams maybe four teams that could conceivably go through that this year tournament bracket and, and, and win it. Yeah. I, I think the biggest question that I've asked everyone who covers this sport as closely as you do this year throughout the entire season is about trust and, there have just been inconsistencies or like weaknesses. This is just one of those years where it feels like it's setting up for a crazy NCAA tournament because we have seen some wild upsets, a lot of court storms this year. 
Um, and also, like, if Northwestern is a lock to make the NCAA tournament before Valentine's Day, you just know it's going to be <laughs> a weird year. Um, yeah. CJ, before we let you go, first of all, we are going to do a last call because that is a power hour tradition. So we will cheers or or jeers or rant about something. Um, but I do want to quickly preview this weekend. It is the first Saturday of March. We mentioned there will be some uh, conference tournaments, but there's also some some really impactful, important Power Five games, um, including you've got a top 10 showdown of Arizona, UCLA, top 10 showdown, Kansas at Texas. What are you going to be watching this weekend? Uh, obviously, Kansas at Texas um will be will be on the uh the tv here in in the more household I'm, I'm i'm not going to any games this week and so that's that's always fun because that means i can consume more um arizona at ucla uh arizona is one team we have not talked about and uh to be honest in 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 november i had convinced myself well that's the team that i'll be picking to win the ncaa tournament because the way they went through the Mount invitational and i I always look at like, what, are, what are you at your best? And that, that's kind of like how I, that's one, what are you at your worst? What are you at your best? What are you on an average day? Right? Like that's, that's kind of a good way to, to judge teams on at the worst Arizona. Like it's scary. One of those teams that could potentially lose early in the tournament, but I also think, and, and it will be very much dictated how far the cats go by, by matchups probably, but a team that has two, big guys up front that are super hard to deal with in Tubelas and um, my guy, uh, gosh, my, my brain, brain fart, um, Omar Balo. Um, that, that's a team that's, that's going to be really, really hard to deal with in the SA tournament because of those two big guys. Um, Tommy Lloyd has, has been and play, played a ton of game in the March as an assistant coach, not, you know, only last year as a head coach. They ran into a tough matchup in Houston last year, but that's a team that I might be tempted to pick win the national title. So I'll, I'll have eyes on that UCLA Arizona game. Um, Cause I think that'll, that'll be a really fun one. Um, outside of that, Tennessee Auburn, interesting. I think Auburn's on the bubble from what I hear from all the chatter, right? Uh, Connecticut at Villanova. Um, Nova probably on the bubble by, by what I, my, my guesstimate. Right. <laughs> and, uh, I, I Nova is one of those teams that, that I, I think could, could, could make some noise in March. So, um, if, if Nova wins that against UConn, I'm guessing that'll get it on the right side of the bubble. I don't, I don't know, but I'm just spitballing here. Uh, but th th those are some of the games on, uh, on Saturday I'll be watching. Um, and then on Sunday, you've got, uh, Houston at Memphis, I think we could could be fun, and then Michigan Michigan's kind of come on here late. You're on the monitor, um, and at Indiana and Indiana. Speaking about a team that you don't know whether to freaking trust or not, like they can look unbelievable. And I was I was high on Indiana in uh, early non conference because I'm I'm weird and will watch teams play even garbage. Like sorry, garbage is strong. Sorry, low major teams. Um, and, and start to try to judge them then. Right. And, and Indiana was a team that I was like, Whoa, like these, these guys got some, some, some dudes early on and some days they look freaking awesome. And then they turn around and, um, who they lose to the other day. That was just, uh, let's see, they, they beat Purdue and then they lose. Oh yeah. They lost the game. They got killed by Iowa at home. Um, so anyway, you know, and, and we, I, gotta, I already, we should probably mention Fran, right? We got to watch out for Iowa now that Fran has, has, has had the stare down. That's true. That's true. That did change the game against Michigan state um, and allowed them to win. It, it does change everything. And it also gave us one of the great memes of the season. Indiana yeah. is a team that I know I will have going too far in my bracket. I already know. Cause I, cause I'm with I you. It's awesome. like that. I don't yeah. trust them either, but the high end, like I, I like, I, you know, when it works, it works. Building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich. It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics, and managing it as one big juicy investment. Mmm, now that's pretty good. Learn more at fidelity.com slash baskets. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC. 
As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. So there is a lot we can parse through here as we uh, inch ever closer to Selection Sunday. Uh, We also got a Duke-Carolina game. Carolina's bubbly as bubble can be. Um, they really need this win. They need some wins in the ACC tournament too. Don't trust them. We'll see. You can read our colleague Brendan Marks on both those teams, uh, but certainly Carolina's dicey situation. CJ, before we go, um, with Power Hour, we stick with the theme of drinking and bar-themed segments, and we'll be sent with the last call. <laughs> well, yes, we are, we are recording this at like 10 a.m., <laughs> you do not have to actually drink, but if it were last call, if it's for you know, work, it, you it know. is for work. It's for work. It's for work. I'll have a shot. <laughs> Honestly, I'm gonna stick with this because I'll, I'll go first. I'll do my last call first. It's a cheers. It's a jeers. It's it's you know whatever you might get your last drink of the bar for. It could be good. It mm-hmm. could be something else you need to get off your chest. I'm gonna give my last call. I'm gonna cheers to someone who as we're recording, this is probably still hung over. I would hope um, because they up. went out after their last game as the head coach, at Notre Dame in South bend went to the linebacker, uh, which appears to be a wonderful institution and was taking shots of Jameson was celebrating with his athletic director, a bunch of fans, but like riding off into the sunset after the win over Pitt. And it was just the quintessential Mike Bray moment. I I think Mm -hmm. we all enjoy covering Mike Bray. He is one of the most normal coaches that you will see in this business. Mm -hmm. Uh, Never takes himself too seriously. He was perfect for a football school. Totally like his ego could handle it. Understood all of that. We we don't know where he's going to coach next. This appears not to be the end of Mike Bray's coaching career, but it is the end in South Bend. And I just love that he straight up just like left the court and like rolled on through a local bar and started taking shots with everyone. So cheers to Mike Bray, an incredible run at Notre Dame and best just to wherever he lands next. Yeah. He's, he's one of those coaches that when you're at these um, recruiting events on the, in the summer um, you always hope that like Mike Bray just sits down next to you. Cause, cause then, you know, the next hour is going to be pretty entertaining. Um, to, he also is, he, he's also a great restaurant rec guy when you're at those yeah. trips. He's got his spots, oh, yeah. at Peach Jam and everywhere. Yeah, good good food I'll, guy. I'll, t- I'll tell my Mike Bray story real, real quick. He, um, as you know, he's one of the best interviews in the sport, right? Um, awesome, awesome air interview. So I'm in South Bend. I'm working for Bleach Report at the time. And I, I go to do a story on Jaron Grant. Um, and... I go uh, interview Mike Bray in his office. We talked for, I don't know, 20, 30 minutes, but he was awesome. Like, I'm like, man, that was one of the best coach interviews ever. Like, I got some great stuff. And I take terrible notes because I, I just like to listen, right? Like, I like to listen. I like to have my attention on the on the person I'm interviewing. You hate, you so, hate the bracket. We get it, CJ. You, you do your, your thing by your own, own tune. Yeah, I, 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 I beat or, uh, yeah, that's, that's, I, uh, I marched to my own beat or whatever, however you want to say that. Yes. Um, but, uh, so I get back to my rental car and I hit play on my 
tape recorders. One is back when I had like a oh, no. digital oh, recorder, no. right? Oh Nothing. no. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> no. Oh no. Didn't play. And so I I quickly write down like a couple one-liners I remember. And if you go back and read that story, there's like maybe one or two Mike Bray quotes and they're really short. <laughs> so that that that's that's my and he's so nice. I thought you were gonna say that you like whole, went that's what I was gonna say. I thought you were gonna say you went back in there and he let you do the whole interview again. <laughs> nah, nah, I, I I was too ashamed. Um <laughs> So for a while after that, I would I would have two tape recorders rolling on every interview. <laughs> yeah, was that is that is that is smart. Uh, but yes, cheers to Mike right. Bray. Cheers to Mike Bray. Cheers to Mike Bray. It is time for your first last call, CJ. The floor uh, okay. is yours. All right. So I'm I'm going to cheers Jerome Tang and the Kansas State <coughs> Wildcats because uh, this summer I went. <clears throat> excuse me. Little, I'm getting a little horse here in the morning. Too, too much, too much. You, uh, too many Jameson night. shots. <laughs> <clears throat> too much hibachi last night. It has dried me out. All that salt. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I could use a Jameson shot to just kind of clear the airwaves. But uh, so this this summer, I'm at breakfast with Jerome Tang. I'm in Manhattan to do a story on the Wildcats, and we go to breakfast, and and he tells me. He says, we're, we're making the NSA tournament this year. And I kind of look at him kind of sideways, like, you know, like, I'm probably going to put this in my story since you're saying it. Like, are you sure you want to go that far? And he's like, he, he was convinced they were going to the NSA tournament. And they had, they, they had not signed Keontae Johnson yet, but they knew he was on the way most likely. So that, that kind of helped his conviction. But still – I was looking at him, even if they, you know, and I knew that was that was on the way as well, as he had told me, but I, I was still kind of looking at him a little sideways. Well, if they win this weekend, no matter what else happens in the Big 12, they will finish uh, it, it, in a tie for second, at least in a tie for second in the Big 12. Like that, they were picked last. They returned two dudes to the entire roster. So so cheers to Jerome Tang. And they, they celebrated their last Big 12 win by – he always goes and, and runs into the student section after their wins at home and does the uh, the cannonball dance or whatever, and uh, which is, is kind of a cool little tradition he started. And their whole team went and did it the other the other day, so that that was pretty neat. Um, cheers to Jerome Tang. Waited forever to get his his chance to be a head coach, and uh, he's had a pretty uh, memorable first year. So, so cheers, cheers to Tang. I'll I'll, I'll drink a. Uh, uh, if I if I had one, I would drink. He he has his own beer named after him in Manhattan. Wow. Tang time, uh, by I can't remember. Is it the Manhattan Brewing Company or something? I don't know. But it's it's called Tang time. I've had one. Not and I, it's a sour, and I'm not a sour guy, but it was all right. I feel like he also should be. He should like get an nil deal with Tang, like the. The, the yeah. stuff you mixed oh, in with the water yeah it was terrible but like <laughs> i feel like that would just be fitting after the run that yeah. they're on they're also in position to possibly land a number two seed in the ncaa tournament I know. yeah i know that's why i'm telling you <laughs> so that you know this um it has been really a cool season um and when they beat kansas and you saw how much it meant to him and and to that fan base it was really mm -hmm. awesome so they are a team to keep an eye on as well CJ, thank you so much for swinging by and for giving us the lay of the land. Uh, enjoy the basketball. I hope you get back to Hibachi soon. I don't think I could take all that salt again, so <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure I want it. But maybe maybe in the offseason. Appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. For CJ, I'm Nicole. Thank you for listening to the Power Hour Basketball Edition. We will be back next week and throughout the NCAA tournament. We'll talk to you then. Mm -hmm.